friends. How are you? How's your week been? Ugh, Wednesday. Thank God it's hump day, right? That's not a thing that people say, but it is nice that the week is halfway over. Or maybe you're listening to this on another day altogether, and then that means nothing to you. Either way, welcome to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. We're glad you're here. We love you as an audience. Uh, I'm your host and your, uh, your, your goofy pal, Steve Bazalone. This, of course, is the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. You see how I got the title. Uh, today we have a great guest. He's an old friend. His name is Richie Keen. He's a director. He's an actor. He's a writer. Uh, he's done it all. If you go to you know if you if you go to our Instagram or Twitter page, you'll see his picture and be like, oh yeah, that guy. I've seen him in things. He you know for many years was an actor. He worked in a ton of shit and like all the commercials you've ever seen, and you know roles in a bunch of shows like Reno 911. And you'd be like, oh yeah, I know this guy. But the reason that I know Richie is because about nine years ago, me and my uh, one of my very best friends Dan Levy wrote our second pilot, and we wanted to make it. Uh, but we needed a director. So we found uh, Richie Keene, who we kind of knew in passing, and we made it with him. And it was the second thing he had ever directed, and it was the second thing we'd ever written. And now you cut to nine years later, and uh, Dan and I are both, uh, you know, high, much higher up the food chain on the Goldbergs, and Richie has directed several episodes. It's uh, fun to see how far we've come in, in many years. Um, but he's done a ton of shit as a director. Oh, boy. He's did... Uh, he... <sighs> Where to start? He did important things with Dimitri, Dimitri Martin. He did New Girl. He did Raising Hope, Mixology. He did a shit ton of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You like that show, right? Who doesn't? He did Marin, The Comedians, Teachers. Um, as I said, Goldbergs. Uh, but the reason he's on the show today is because his first feature film comes out on Friday. It's called Fist Fight. It's with Ice Cube and Charlie Day and Tracy Morgan. And it's great. It's also written by another friend of mine. So, you know, go see this movie. It's it's great. It's wonderful. Um, and Richie is going to talk to us about the uh, the pitfalls of uh, pursuing a career in, in, in biztainment. Um, you know, talk about one particular bad and humbling and embarrassing audition. And uh, just talk about if you want to have any sort of longevity or success in general you have to be persistent as fuck and also be willing to pivot a ton uh so we're gonna get to that in just one second but before we do hey gang you like this show right of course you do you're here you're with me you're listening maybe you just listen to this to fall asleep and that's fine i get it i've kind of got some uh some bass baritone tones here so i understand how that could be soothing to fall asleep whatever whatever brings you here Welcome, happy to have you here. But if you do like the show, go to our iTunes page, leave us a remark, give us a review, uh, leave us a comment uh, and a rating. Those things help us out. We, we love to hear from you. Also, you can engage with us on other social media. You can go to our, our Instagram, which is Terribly Funny Podcast. Same thing on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. We can find more things about the, our guest, and it's terribly underscore funny. Or if you really want to have a, a dialogue and just chat me up or just say, hey, what's up? How you doing? How's your week going? Love the show. Don't like the show? Eh, the show's fine. You can reach us on our email. It's terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. There you go. That's my spiel. That's all I'm going to say to you. And now you can stop listening to me and you can listen to Mr. Richie Keen. Talk about, uh, talk about Hollywood, baby. Uh, here it comes, King. A brand new episode of Terribly Funny. Enjoy. Just like tell me. I had that <clears throat> I had that moment with Ice Cube. I um I had met at you know, at this point I had met several times with the studio, I'd met with the producers, I had gone around and shown all my materials and you know it, like it had really very little shot initially of getting the job mm-hmm. and slowly started having this Getting momentum. Momentum and and I even met Ice Cube's manager and mm-hmm. hit it off with him. He's been an amazing partner. And then I got a call, like at the end of a day, like Ice Cube wants to meet you tomorrow in Atlanta. Sure. Like the studio is going to buy you a plane ticket, so go to the airport, pick it up, or they're going to send a car for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already felt kind of like a fancy director. I'm like, wow, you're sending me a car, they sure, got me a ticket. Right? I flew to Atlanta, I went to this hotel, I sat in my hotel room like drinking coffee and just waiting for Ice Cube to call me and say I'm here. That's and 
then eventually, I mean, I was like so jittery and like, <laughs> like high on coffee mm-hmm. and I got a call like Ice Cube and his, his buddy are downstairs waiting for you. And I went down and it was a similar thing that you're talking about where I did the whole sort of presentation for him and we had a really actually great meeting. It was funny because we were in the lobby and my back was faced out and he's facing the lobby. So every time I'd start building momentum on an idea or a pitch I was trying to explain to him, someone would like, can I take a picture with you? And he's such a nice guy that he takes pictures with everyone. Which is great, but then I was like, it kept ruining it. I'm like, like, right, I'm just getting to a joke. Literally. So I finally finish the whole thing and sort of like you're talking about, I just finally said, I go, we doing this? Yeah. We doing this? Well, you've always been great at that, though. You've always had, like, whether or not it's bluster or not, or if it's, like, a front, but you've always had, like, a confidence or you project at least a confidence for, like, tell let's, 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 I'm just going to say exactly what I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. There's, I appreciate that you think it's confidence. I do think there are, um, like, pros and cons to saying exactly what you're thinking. For sure. Like, like people, sometimes it's really refreshing, other times you're like, mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then you, like, at least you find out what you want. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I never wonder how you're feeling about something. Yeah. Um, which 95% of the time is great, because I'm like, oh my God, this is so yeah. fun. And then 5% of the time I'm like, what is going on? Uh-huh. You know, like, what, what are we waiting on? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely have, like, learned that... Um, you know, having an answer, taking a shot on an answer is yeah. better than, unless it's, there's certain situations where like, you know, I can remember Tracy Morgan asking me a question and me throwing it right back to him and him saying, what do you think about this? And I sort of thought, and I was like, that, that's an interesting question. And I remember just saying, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. I could go either way on this. He's like, I think we should do that. I'm like, all right, let's do that first. Well, that's also refreshing because sometimes you need to like, all right, I should just act like I know the answer. Yeah. Other times be like, I don't know, I'm open, I'm open to suggestions. Yes. It's nice to like have that level of like fallibility and vulnerability to be like, a lot of times I think I have a direction, but sometimes like, yo, yeah. be a part of this. Yeah. I think I have to have like a super tight plan for all of it because I would have such anxiety if I just showed up. Even oh, yeah. on the Goldbergs, uh-huh. like I have a shot list, I have a floor plan. Yep. You know, I know I could probably just show up and hey, why don't you try this, why don't you try that? I'm but sure I feel, if you do it for another ten years, you'll probably start doing yeah. it at some point. But yeah. yeah. And there there have been there have been things I've I've done that on or days I've done that. And the truth is it's not necessarily that much different. It's more about like my anxiety level. And because feeling, if you just feel prepared, then I you feel can, prepared. Like, whatever comes my way, it's fine. I feel like if if anyone else is off their game, we'll still do well, right? Because I have a plan, so and I have a reason. That's the other thing. I've, the other thing I've learned, and I learned very quickly, is you know, being a f- recovering actor, mm-hmm. uh, like actors are full of questions, uh-huh. and you know, when the star of a show has a question like, "Why? Why am I sitting there? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I go and sit down at that point?" It can't be because it's better for the blocking or I know. It, you got to be like, yeah. And a lot of times look, you just be... got home from a long day. You need to take a load off. Yeah. It just seems, you know, so having an answer has been something I've learned. It is great well. to have an answer, but a lot of times you just be like, because it's going to shoot better. Yeah. And it's like, it's easy. It doesn't, because it doesn't seem, it doesn't ring false. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, yeah, you're, you're treating this professionally. So, okay, I'll try to come up with an answer. Yeah. It, it, no, uh, you do definitely think what you just said. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do definitely sort of feel like, are we really, mm-hmm. is this really a thing? And then you realize, you know, it's usually because the person cares. It's usually because the person... Yeah. Or they want to be comfortable. So you shouldn't shit on somebody for caring or wanting to do the best they can. Yeah. 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 It's when it's, you know, it's when it's sort of like... There are definitely times where you're like, I wonder what's really going on. Mm -hmm. But, um, But usually I just try and say, well, why don't we try it your way? Let's see how... Let's rehearse it or let's try a take and let's see how it feels and... Um, that's good to have that level yeah. of malleability. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a pretty solid preamble. Now let me ask you, like, let's uh, let's get into some some bad shit, man. I mean, so many things come to mind. Yeah. I mean, one one of the first thing that comes to mind is this. <laughs> so, you know, when I was an actor and when I was in the thick of being an actor, 
Because you're an actor for a long time. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, doing stand-up and I was doing, you know, I did a lot of commercials, thank God, that Mm -hmm. that I never understood. I never thought I would do a a single commercial because I thought coming out here you had to be good looking to do commercials. And then I realized, oh my God, the formula Mm -hmm. is hot girl, average looking guy. Yeah. That's the formula. Yeah. Dude, in a room of average looking guys, I crush it. I crush being average looking. You do a great job. Oh, so I also found whenever I was doing commercials, like the more unkempt I was, the better I did. Like if I had like a shitty kind of beard right. and or like even a, like a dirt mustache, and right. yeah, get that guy because right. he looks like <laughs> real. He looks very real, yeah. and no one's gonna, everybody's gonna relate to him. Yeah. He looks like shit. Right, right. Yeah. And um, I, I just remember, you know, I was doing sitcoms and I was doing, you know, the occasional pilot and then on other years I would eke out some commercials and some guest mm-hmm. stars and I was teaching acting at the time and I my favorite sports movie of all time is uh, Hoosiers sure now a lot of people argue Rudy sure the good news is same director yeah did both those movies so I'm like alright if it's a coin toss you know it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Watching them pass, though, there's something crisp about the, the way yeah. they passed. And and Gene yeah. Hackman, man, come on, just Hackman, who he hit a kid, and yeah. now he's having a comeback. And Dennis you know, Hopper is a Dennis drunk. Hopper. Oh That's my great. God, it's great. It's a devastating scene when he shows up drawing to the mm-hmm. game. So I read that they were making a soccer movie. Same team. We're doing a movie about like the World Cup. Soccer team of 1926 or whatever sure. it was, you so know. It's a and, period. That's fun. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, That's I'm fun. like, I, I, I could be a soccer player. Uh-huh. I have a soccer player's build, which is basically to say I don't have a football player's build. Yeah, or like any other athlete. Yes, like, you look like <laughs> yeah. an average guy who probably has big legs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, who can run. Yeah, and um, I called my agents and I was like. You, you got to get me up for this movie. I need to get an audition for this movie. Like this is calling me this is like my favorite sports director and they were like okay let me check into it and again I was like a sitcom and commercial actor yep. it's not like I was an easy sell on so like, like a sports uh-huh, drama yeah, sure. yeah Richie we'll get to that yeah a period yeah. sports drama but they you know I gotta give them credit they made the call uh, to the casting director and they called back and they said you know what I guess they did this on Hoosiers too they're they're actually looking for Athletes, they're looking for professional soccer players right. or NCAA soccer players, and they're going to work with them on acting, not actors who then they can work on, you know, right. playing soccer. And I said, well, luckily for us, I played soccer at Northwestern University. Uh-huh. I'm an NCAA soccer player. And they said, oh, oh my God, we didn't know that. How do we not know that about you? Yeah, uh, this is great. This is going to be perfect. You're like a bullseye. We'll uh-huh. call him back. I should mention the last time I played soccer, I was probably 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. So but I, you did go to Northwestern. I did go to Northwestern. <laughs> they, they, if they Googled that at that time. Um, I'm sure you saw a soccer ball while you were in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, I don't know that I ever yeah, kicked a true. soccer ball since I was like 14. So uh, they called me back and they said, um, we, we got you a tryout. I'll never forget that the, the language used was tryout. They didn't say audition. Oh, no. And that already like, uh-oh. And I said, and I was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's sports. Um, you know, like, you're going to send me the sides? And they're like, no, you're scrimmaging with the Galaxy on Saturday. Oh, my God. With the Galaxy? With the Galaxy, bro. Like, I've now lied myself into a situation where I'm going to scrimmage with the oh, Galaxy. Jesus Christ. So, it's like Monday or mm-hmm. Tuesday. And I called my friend Ed Quinn, who's on Two Broke Girls now. God bless him. He was in my first short film. He's just the kind of guy who just kind of knows everything. He's, right. he's a musician. He's an athlete. One of those athletes. Surfer. Yeah. And he's yeah. really good looking. Uh-huh. All of it. And he's also the nicest guy in the world. I go, Ed, I got to learn how to play soccer. I have like four or five days. <laughs> That's plenty. He's like, meet me. You know, I forget there's a park in Beverly Hills somewhere that we met that had like a net somewhere that had like a soccer something set up uh, soccer something that's how, how, how yeah no you're very first very I am well in soccer and um, he, we ran all these drills and uh, you know it was really helpful and I said okay we'll meet tomorrow again and I woke up the next time I couldn't move and it's not even just that I was out of shape it's like soccer is muscles in your legs that, that you just, never yes, use yes you never use 
it'd be like you know, the first time maybe you do yoga or something and it's just like a whole different set of muscles yeah or like swimming for long for more than recreation the yeah. next day like Ugh, uh, I so think now, I'm mono I'm like I'm fucked like I'm so sore by the way I go out and I buy like pearly white knee socks uh-huh. like everything's brand new yeah. it just looks new yeah. there's no way you can act like you've been playing soccer with new shit no. I'm trying to like kind of roll around in, uh-huh. the, in it and then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I called, I have a buddy, who, uh, my buddy Kevin, who played in a league. And I said, if I come with you to a game, will you just show me how to look like I know how to play? Like right. when you play defense, like do you put your arms up? Are they at your, like, what do you do? What are the moves that'll say this guy knows how to look like he it looks maybe, like he Maybe plays. he hasn't done it for a while, but he's got fundamentals. Yes, yes. Yeah. You kick with the side of your thing and that, whatever. The thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he did that. He took me out and he showed me. So now, like, Saturday rolls around. Did, was it helpful? Did you, like, feel like it was you all some helpful, But, like, I, I mean, it's it not helpful to play in a game against a professional yeah. <laughs> soccer team. So I go to this, this, this is crazy. So I go to this huge park that they've, closed off for this mm-hmm. and I show up and I like you like almost are checking in like a marathon runner they give you a number to put on your chest oh, Jesus. and I'm watching everyone's like brought their soccer balls and people are like it, they're kicking it over their head they're doing, like bicycle kicks yes like- but not even like they're not showing up they're just warming up like they're all and they're all I mean they're all phenomenal players Uh the amazing thing was I looked across the way at one point and I saw a guy I knew an actor I knew and we established eye contact and in that moment we had a silent agreement I won't tell if you don't tell because I know he doesn't know how to play soccer (laughs) you're you're an asshole just like me trying to like hopefully nobody notices yeah so uh, Did you have a plan where you gonna maybe like okay if shit goes bad I'll like oh my hamstring no because I didn't I had no understanding of how many people were gonna be there what the are we just gonna are they gonna put all of us on one side and the galaxy on the other we're gonna yeah. play so people are warming up and I'm you know I find someone to kick the ball with I'm just like I'll kick the ball uh-huh. you know at least I'll warm up that kicking Oof. and um, they said all right we're gonna line up and do a drill. Mm-hmm. This was the great weeding out drill. Um, yeah. They were going to sort of get down probably over the course of many drills, maybe, to who's going to actually Whittle play. It down to the the 10% that can actually do something. Who's yeah. really good? Who, uh-huh. who do we buy in a movie? And um, so you get in these, this line, and the drill is, you know, the goalie for the Galaxy's tending goal, one of the other guys kicks the ball to you from very far away. Oh, and you have boy. to stop it. Okay, so that just, seems like a lot unto itself. You stop the ball uh-huh. somehow, <laughs> like a line drive, you know, kick. Then you dribble up, you know, with like a dude kind of sort of guarding you. And then you get to this one area where these cones are and you shoot a goal from like what is probably a normal goal mm-hmm. length, which it turns out is like crazy far away. Like, like it's so far, or forty yards, or something. so far. Like I, like I, I have such a respect now watching soccer for how far they're kicking. Yeah, that the ball. field's enormous. It's and enormous they move the entire time. So I'm, I'm, you know, in the back of this line, and I'm literally watching, you know, like someone would get the ball, like instead of just stopping, they'd like head it to the ground, and they kick it over their head, and they do that thing where you're like you're sideways. You know, and the ball's in the air, and you kick it, oh, no. and like I mean, people are doing these amazing moves, uh-huh. and I'm like, I'm like marching to my death. I'm like oh. getting closer and cl- I have no plan. This gi- this gives me anxiety about like every audition I had when when I had no idea, which was a lot of times. Yeah, no plan, uh-huh. and I'm like, I just and all I kept thinking was part of it was like Richie, good for you. You lied, mm-hmm. but you stuck with it. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't admit defeat. Your agents uh-huh. don't know that you lied. Who knows? Maybe you'll do just good enough that you'll get to read, uh, you know, a scene at some point. So this is what's going through my head as I'm getting closer and closer until I'm a few away, and I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. Are you just I'm flop dead. sweating though? Yes. Ugh. Like literally trying to figure out: is there a bribe I can make to the guy guarding me? Uh-huh. Can I <laughs> like like that'll nice. go well? Yeah. How do I just say, hey, help me out here, bro? You give somebody a hundred bucks and then you still miss the goal. You go left, I'll go right. Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I'm one away, and I'm like, here we go. And I step. Up. Even the people, by the way, who are missing, their kicks were solid. You know, solid. There's kicks. no other like lame ducks yet. You know, there were guys who, you know, who missed. There were guys who, you know, maybe didn't 
showboated as much, but it's like but no, they, you they, can, they were pretty good. They were athletes. Yeah, they, they were, were soccer players. They were soccer players, uh-huh. you know. Um, and it, you know, maybe they played intramural in college and they had lied, but they could play. Yeah. Okay, so now I get up there and the ball gets kicked to me, and it's like not. It's it's too high to stop with my foot, you know. Like I can't sure. trap it, yeah. and it's too low to stop with my head. And I you, I'm trying to figure out. I'm sort of trying to get taller than shorter than taller than shorter. I'm trying to figure out how will I stop this all in just like an instant. And then it just crushes me in the gut. I mean, like not, solar plexus gut shot, and uh. I'm, all the air is knocked out of me. I'm like. <laughs> And I mean, it's like I'd never been hit in the stomach like in in my life. This was like what I imagined just to be the hardest punch to your stomach. And it's like time slows down and I'm like, I haven't even stopped the ball. Like I have to finish the drill, you know? Like <laughs> all you've done is just getting hit. That's I just literally showed up and yeah. got hit. So you know, the ball falls to the ground at this uh-huh. point. And I'm like, fucking Richie, get your head up and you dribble this ball. Uh, and I'm dribbling and I'm like, but I'm hunched over dribbling. I'm like even, kind of staring. Breathe? I remember that I was looking at the ground because I couldn't stand up straight. So I don't even know. The guy who was kind of guarding me was probably like, it felt bad. I mean, yeah. he didn't take the ball away from me. But I mean, I don't even know. Somehow I got to the cone uh-huh. and I closed my eyes and I kicked it as hard as I could. And I... I opened my eyes and it was like in the parking lot and it was like not even like a, a good it was like a bobbly like kickball type uh, of kick and, I, and you could see everyone kind of had their hands up like what the fuck <laughs> and I started to just walk back and someone's like oh thank you 68 that's all we need from you yep and um, yep. very very well sir and it's funny because I was so humiliated at the time but looking back I'm like there's something like definitive of how I do things in that story because I'm like I do I would rather say I can do it yeah and, and get see the opportunity yeah. and go for it than say oh I'm sorry I haven't played soccer since I was yeah. 14 well but that, uh, I think that's indicative of your character in general like what we were talking about kind of earlier just like you know just fucking present the opportunity and I'll see what I can do yeah I remember with my first short I had never directed anything. I didn't know anything about cameras, and I didn't really even know anything about writing. And I just set a date that I was going to film it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Did you have any script or anything?" I was working on a script with my buddy Heath. This was that a hook, right? Hooked. A hook. Yeah, yeah. Hooked. but I knew it was like it was kind of it was funny. It wasn't quite a pilot. It wasn't quite a short. It just had a bunch of funny appearances, and it was fun. But I was like. I just at a certain point was like, we're doing it on this date. And I started at, I asked Jeff Garland, God mm-hmm. bless Jeff Garland. For, he, he and I knew each other. We'd done like two days on a movie together. And I ran into him at the gym. Mm-hmm. Which is not a place you run into Jeff Not necessarily. Often. You know, there was a certain piece of serendipitousness yeah. there. Um, uh, and I said, I'm making a short film. Would you be in it? And he was like, so great he was like uh, he said the only reason I won't is if I can't if I can I will be there wow he did it um, but it was the same kind of thing with Hooked where I was like I can direct I can write yeah yeah I, I, it's gonna be great and you know I look back on it it's so sloppy I mean I'm so proud I look back on it like romantically like sure. I remember when I knew nothing um, well, it was kind of like a like a beauty to that like I'm just figuring it out man yeah. and just like that sense of like the kind of flops what you're talking about yeah. the audition like you're feeling that all the time but like when it doesn't blow up in your face when you yeah. don't get hit in the stomach or when you don't you know dribble the ball into the parking lot yes. it's like oh I kicked it at least towards the goal yes yeah it's interesting like I go back every so often and I just kind of take a peek at it and it's like the coverage is weird, is wrong but it, I love that it's wrong like you know yeah. there's a straight on shot of one guy and a profile shot of the other guy but I'm like oh that's so great I didn't know yeah um, like there's no background walking around an office there's like two people crossing everyone's in a while you know, they're like working on a Saturday a lunch <laughs> exactly break. Well, what made you I guess what about have you always been like like that have you always had this kind of like alright I'm just gonna fake it till I make it kind of attitude or like I, what What yeah. in you what in like your past made you like like that well especially for a show about failure I mean I I can say this now with somewhat of a like a feather in my cap but I mean I have failed so many times right that it almost 
like like I literally have been thrown from a horse three times and I keep riding horses. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't have the, like my, my, my sensibility is like, just keep doing it if you want to do it. And I was always really ambitious and I don't know why I, I was really ambitious growing up when I was 14. I think I, where's it's, it's Chicago. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Hughes country yeah. where yeah. they've shot all those movies. Well, that's um, also like a magical because it makes it feel like it's tangible, right? Like it's possible. Yes, it's yeah. so interesting you say that because I grew up watching. Not only was it John Hughes, but like down the street, literally risky business, ordinary people. Wow. So we would like my parents and my brother and I would get on our bikes and we go to the Mandler's house where they were filming risky business. That's fucking crazy. So you'd see people doing it, and you're yeah. like, oh, people make a living. They go to work. They do this. Yeah. It's not like something that happens magically. It's just a whole. T- like 80 people here is a whole yeah, town of people yeah. um but uh oh wait i just forgot what i was saying about growing up and well you're 14 you're right oh yeah so i decide i i just had always loved acting and i remember someone saying to me you should get a glossy you should get a glossy like a kid and i said you should get a glossy I'm like, glossy what's a glossy and i remember like asking a bunch of people and then weirdly my mom said oh a glossy is like a picture it's an actor picture yeah it used to be called a glossy I, guess. I figured it out but like when you first said that I feel like is that like some weird sex thing right yeah yeah I was like oh yeah I should get a glossy yeah, I'll get a glossy alright whatever weirdo <laughs> so I guess I was like oh maybe I can like be in one of these movies or something yeah. or maybe I can be on TV and so I would have my mom drive me. I would interview. I went and interviewed photographers. I'm 14. Like I like I would be like, hey, let me. Can, I'd like to see your work and talk about you know they're these grown adults. And I'm like, my mom's in the car reading People magazine, and I'm like interviewing photographers to get my glossy, my yeah. headshot. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what made me want to be that ambitious, but I think I just loved entertainment I, I loved movies I was the kid who would like yeah. VHS tape stand up specials right. and make his friends watch and like right, we right. go out I'm like no but check this out check this out it's amazing he's gonna drop his ice cream and then you don't that's have right. any that's right um, yeah I well I think it's also like interesting like when you do something like that when you have like the balls to like interview like a photographer when you're 14 you kind of get like a pass cause yeah. they're like ah this is a young kid alright I like I'll humor him so right. it's like validation like if you like if you pursue thing in such a way, and then like as you get older, like well you don't kind of know any better. Like I'll just keep doing the same thing. It's always yeah. worked for me. Yeah, and that kind of breeds like a certain level of confidence. I, guess. I also think I have a certain amount of beginner's luck. Like I tend to do well the first one or two times out on anything. Yeah, and like, and people are like, oh you're really good. But then like over time it doesn't mean I stay that much better than everyone. I'm really like I'm a great cold reader. Sure. You know I'm great. I'm great at picking stuff up really quickly. Outside um, of soccer. Except for soccer. Yeah. Uh, so there's a world where I'm in that movie that no one ever saw, apparently. Was it, um, I don't even remember. Yeah. Was it made? Yeah, it was made, and I just, I think it came and went. It wasn't, well, I yeah. mean, they could have cast you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Like, it's not like those it's actual whatever. athletes made a difference. Yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, I just always, you know, even with stand-up, I would like, I, I remember my, my, I had an internship It's going to date me. In 1994, Conan O'Brien's first summer mm-hmm. on the air on NBC I mean sure. Letterman's just left they're like a show that no one watches and I was like oh maybe I should write comedy you know like maybe I should these guys are it was like Louis C.K. Robert Smigel yeah. these guys were so funny and I asked them like how did you get into it and they're like stand up like I love stand up I'm always I memorize stand up I know everyone's I know everyone's acts so I thought I'm in a city I'll never see anyone again. Why don't I just go do open mics? And so that was like, how old are you? Like 21, 22? Yeah, 21. The balls, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was all style, no substance. I got the worst act, but I was like, I just was like a Seinfeld Paul Reiser combo. <laughs> sure. And pretty much was doing their thing. But isn't that like a way? That's how you figure out your own thing, right? Yeah. Like that's I don't know. I mean, shit. I think I told this story at some point, but a little bit different but I remember like freshman year of high school like when you're like a don't know who you sure. are and I remember like the f- 
beginning of freshman year, like acting like uh, uh, Slater from Dazed and Confused for like three weeks. Just you because, thought, like, why not? That's what you knew about high school. Yeah, and like it's a new about high school. And I was like, that guy's cool. Yep. And then like three weeks in, I was like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? But it like helped me like kind of settle into like right. just like well, why am I putting on such a front? Right. Like I'm like giggling and like meh meh. Like I was just like acting like an idiot. Yeah. But like in order to do that, like it's not the same thing as stand up as all. But it, like allowed me to find like okay. No, it's true. Settle think, down and find your own place. I think with any. Um, arts uh, you have to start I think you have to start you know if you're a painter you have to at least try and do a painting like the paintings you love right you sort of I think I mean unless you're truly you know you start from such an original place I, I never did well, I think it's always like a great exercise there was like a, a thing I used to do when because I got into writing more in college um and like there would be sometimes like you know in a free writing class where it'd be like here you're gonna write something in the style of said writer right like, do like Carver or do like the Fitzgerald or just like whatever do right. um, it doesn't matter but it was like an interesting exercise of sure. like okay how can I mimic this style and in doing that you kind of you're flexing a different muscle as opposed mm-hmm. to doing what just comes easily to you yep and recognizing like oh that doesn't come easy to me or like what is efficient and what's successful because I think that gives you certain parameters you know like I watch like my friends at Groundling and I watch their improv games and it's like alright it's going to be in the style of Shakespeare and suddenly you you know you have a parameter of what it's supposed to be Um, you know I it's funny it just made me think about another huge failure which was um, I spent my so freshman year I had no idea by the way what I wanted to do for college I was Mm -hmm. just lost I, I just this is freshman year of college well in high school I had no idea where I wanted to go I right. just had no sense of who I wanted to be I knew I loved acting I kind of wanted to maybe write I didn't know anything about directing or producing or anything like that I sort of thought maybe I'll get into producing somehow some way but and sorry to yeah. interrupt but like all of this did this come from like just like having all the huge shit around because like I know for me like I didn't even think I realized like comedy writing was an option right like I knew like because you could see actors so that's why I was like well I'll do that because that's what I'm seeing right but like recognizing that people wrote things I just I don't know I guess I kind of well had this... initially I was always just attracted to like being in the school play like I right. love that I remember like in junior high school like going to like the rehearsals after school and never wanting to leave right. so you know part of it was like I loved it I just loved being there even if I wasn't on stage acting I just there's something about that I loved and then there were a couple other things that happened one was on a trip to LA to visit family my dad had like a business connection who got us in the Paramount lot and then got us into a rehearsal of Laverne and Shirley oh that's cool and I'm like on this lot and I'm like everything in me which is a magical lot man wanted yeah mm-hmm. everything in me wanted to stay mm-hmm. like and then in the rehearsal I'm like I want to be on the soundstage forever. I, I, it's weird. I just something like lit up in me in a way that like when I'd go play little league and and, and shoot hoops or whatever, it was like kind of fun. But it was yeah. like that wasn't as interesting to me. And then there was an uh, so I was always into the arts. I always you know like I said when I was fourteen, I was trying to pursue it. And then there was this amazing program at my high school called Focus on the Arts. And every two years at Highland Park High School, they still do this. Um, I know because I was supposed to go this year and I can't now but they cancel class for three days mm-hmm. but you have to go to school and you have to sign up to hear artists each period you'd be going to school and they wow. bring in alumni local people and it's everything from an ice sculptor to a guy a composer to um, a novelist to a, a music engineer right and you know, I mean, so many people have come out of this high school. You know, the Steppenwolf Theater Company came out of my right. high school. That's um, crazy. That's another know. way it makes it feel like, oh, this is all possible. Yes. Yeah. You know, in terms of my contemporaries, I mean, these guys were a little older, but like, I grew up playing kickball with Danny Weiss, Dan, Dan, yeah. D.B. Weiss, who yeah. created Game of Thrones. Um, you know, Adam Goodman, who, who ran Paramount for a long time and is a producer now, was like the guy who had a cable access show and was PAing on Home Alone oh, in wow. high school. Yeah. Um, there were all these people that just came out of this high school. So I also think there was a part of me that was like led to believe that there was value in the arts. Like I, yeah. I had very like forward thinking parents. They didn't like their general attitude when I graduated Northwestern was like, 
I'm going to go and be a comedian was pretty much, yeah, you should. You're really funny. That's great. I I don't know if they thought eventually I would just quit. And and I think they just kind of trusted me. But they weren't like, you just finished an education at a top school. And you're going to, you know, they weren't, they, I was really lucky. I just came from a community that valued arts. The arts were being, you know, movies were being filmed there. Right. And then I had support. But my freshman year, so I went, I ended up my freshman year going to Michigan I kind of just applied to a bunch of schools in the Midwest and went to the quote-unquote best one I got into, the hardest one to get into, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, was, like, studying psychology, but, like, two weeks in was in a play. I convinced myself I wasn't going to... I'm like, you're not going to be an actor. Come on. And um, ended up sort of not deciding I did want to maybe study acting. I did want to do something in that world, but I I didn't really love... I had a... Uh, experience with James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. Yeah, sure. Came to talk. Familiar with him. Yeah. yeah. Came to talk to our acting, the acting class I had snuck into. Basically, I'd weasel my way into like a BFA acting class, even though I wasn't. This is like a reoccurring theme. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, he sort of said in, in a very interesting way, like, look to your left and look to your right. And you're only going to get as good as these people are and push you to be. And, like, no disrespect to those people in that class, but I remember thinking I'm, that I'm not in the right place. Right. These people aren't... They're not going to push They're me. not going to push me to be... So I ended up transferring to Northwestern. Now, one of the things I saw when I went to visit Northwestern was this improv troupe. Right. They have it at Northwestern. I mean, Julie Louis-Dreyfus mm-hmm. came out of it. Um, uh, Seth Meyers was... My yeah. year was in... And one of the reasons I wanted to go to Northwestern was to be in this improv group. Right. And every year I tried out... And every year I was a finalist and I didn't get in and it crushed me. Yeah. And then this, my junior year when I was in New York, I was like, you know what? I am going to be funny. I'm going to be the funniest fucker on this college campus. I'm going to do stand up comedy. And the crazy thing is I look back at the sort of, I mean, I was kind of like humiliated that I never got in this group. Right. And I look back and I'm like, it's kind of crazy. If I had gotten in that group, I don't believe I will, would have just directed my first movie. I, I actually can trace everything back to doing stand-up and starting it as a stand-up comedian, which is what got me to L.A. And then that introduced me to people and right. all sorts of different things started to happen. I became, I, I, in some ways, I specialized as an acting coach with comics and that led me to having the confidence to try directing. So it's like... Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like a silver lining guy because no. I've had some absolute heartbreaks, personally and professionally. But it is amazing how um, you know when I when I got into directing, and I had done Dimitri Martin's show on Comedy Central, and I that was a huge deal for me. I mean, I couldn't believe someone had finally hired me right. to direct a real show. No one would hire me in half hour comedy. I met. What was, what was that like? Because I know you did, you did like my, the first pilot I did, or the second one, I guess, that did with Dan, my yeah. friend Dan. And that was like your second thing you directed? Second thing I directed. The so, first, like, so Hooked, I got a deal at Fox mm-hmm. for what to me was a fortune. To them was like, oh, why not? Yeah, sure. I did Below the Law, which I s- still maintain is, is, is pretty okay. incredibly yeah. original and awesome. And for I a, feel for a bunch of people who, for the collectively, the three of us who didn't really know what we were doing, Turned out okay. I think it turned out like yeah. I would stand by that. I stand by that in a major way. Yeah. Um, and then that actually kind of helped me get another deal. By the way, I had no agent. Mm-hmm. Like I did not have an agent, and I was getting deals. It was like you know a lot of times directors shadow me, and they're like, "How did you get an agent?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do your work. Yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but just keep working. And if you make something people like, they'll find you. They'll come get you. Mm-hmm. Um, so people will show up, but you know, getting an agent doesn't magically open, unlock your career. Yeah. Um, so I, I got Dimitri's show because, um, I want some Topher Grace, who's mm-hmm. a dear friend of mine was making a movie. Dimitri was in it. I went to visit set, got a Topher introduced me to Dimitri and I had made a few short films in addition to the ones we just talked about for, I'd loaded up some things on funny or die that were very, that went viral and he looked at him and he was like, you know, you should come. Do you want to come work on my show maybe? Wait, did you do, you did the, um, um, uh, 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 the one with Brett Gelman about the cancer yes. patient? That, that is, is one of my favorite shorts. It's fantastic. I appreciate that. I will tell you of everything I've directed, mm-hmm. including the movie, I would put that in my top few. 
Like, it's I great. love it. I, it's so filthy. I think I pulled it up in almost every writer's room that we've worked in. Just like where it's a, a down moment. And like, uh, fuck, fuck the story. Like, well, what's something fun we can watch? I remember this thing. I haven't watched this in like two years. Let's check this out. It's so filthy. It's great. Well, okay. I'll get to that in a second because... So Dimitri sees... I think it was a couple... I did a couple other short films before that that one. Had, mm-hmm. I'd done that one. And he said, you know, I'm bringing my show to, to L.A. He had done the first season in New York. And he said, why don't you come, you know, come for a week and direct a couple sketches. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I did. I happened to be the first guy, and it was the first week. And then he said, why don't you stay another couple weeks? Mm-hmm. And then... Before I knew it, I had just done ten episodes, and so wow. that for me was like film school because I got I made like 50, 60 short films of different styles and lensing and lighting, and you know I just learned so much doing right. that, and I'm so grateful to Dimitri because you know we're better friends. Like it, you know sometimes you go through these work experiences, we're like actually better friends for having done that experience together. But after that, so I was like, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. I had been signed by a big agency at that point. And I kept taking these meetings and everyone liked me. Everyone would call my agent and be like, he's great. He totally gets the show. Right. We would feel in safe hands with him. I think we're going to give him the episode. We're probably going to end up giving it to like the AD or the editor. Like we're going to give someone a shot like that. Mm-hmm. And there was actually um, a moment where my agent called me. You know, it's never good news at nine o'clock. It just is never good news at nine o'clock at night. Oh, at night? Yeah. Wow. And yeah. my agent called me and he just said, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I said, which, which one? And he said, all of them. Oh, boy. And I'm waiting for him to be like, we got, we're just going to drop you, man. Like, I was waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it had been, I mean, it was almost, it was the kind of thing where, like, even friends of mine who worked on sh- shows weren't hiring me. Um, but not because they're, like, bad people or didn't think I was any good. I just, I get it now. It's like, it's hard to take that shot and give yeah. some their, and I'm like, but I did 10 episodes. And like, yeah, it's a sketch show. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's different. It's amazing, like, how you get, like, pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was crushing. I mean, in terms of just... I was just, like... And, and I remember my agent saying, but I'm not giving up. Like, I've seen you make things. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to find a way to, like, reboot yourself. You know? But I just want to tell you, like, we're not going to keep setting up these meetings because it's just not happening. Right. And, you know, here I finally had gotten a big agent and I'd done a year on a Comedy Central show and... Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's over. It just didn't happen for me. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, I've had that a couple of times where you're like, I'm doing it. Things are going well. And then just, like, you have a, a, a period in which there's nothing creatively happening. Or, yes. like, you get close to a bunch of things. And then you start to play this game in your head. You're like, well, I guess that's it. I guess I had a run. Yes. And, like, you just have to, like, kind of stop that voice. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you. I've learned a certain amount of widgets of work do beget some kind of job or right. reward but it's constantly changing and how long that is and how much of the how much work it is because in that time Topher came to me and said you know what I want to do something on, on Funny or Die they had started doing their own original content mm-hmm. like when I first was posting stuff on Funny or Die you'd post your own stuff right people would vote Funny or Die and that's how it would move up in the queue yeah. they'd started you know Mike Farah had started you know, basically running it and trying to turn it into like almost like a digital SNL. So Topher had liked my work on Dimitri's show and felt like it's good enough to say, why don't you come direct a sketch and yeah. I'll be in it. So it turns out to be this sketch that you love, yeah. right? So I do that and I did one other one. And Topher, knowing I was a huge fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and had been really inspired by those guys making their own pilot, sent it to Glenn Howard and to mm-hmm. just say, dude, what do you think of this? And also, my buddy's a huge fan, which was like the, an amazing thing that Topher did for me. And um, and Glenn like loved it and started yeah. watching Dimitri's show to see my work. And they had directors on Sunny, so it's not like I remember him saying to me like we met and became friends. And he's like, "Hey, man, I just want you to know like it's not going to happen on Sunny, but maybe down the line when we're doing something else." I was yeah. like, "Oh, all good." I I just couldn't believe I was friends with him. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And then I got a call one day like. One of their directors got a movie, and do I want to meet with them? And I went and sat down with Glenn and Rob and Charlie. And in the meeting, I mean, I was like, <laughs> like you guys are the reason you inspired me to make my own pilot. You're just fangirling out. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and not only did they hire me, they hired me to direct half the season. Yeah. And it was like, 
so again, not to be silver lining, but if I had gotten all those other jobs, first of all, I wouldn't have been available right. to do this. But the fact that I went from like kind of Dimitri's hipster show to It's Always Sunny led me down a career path that was completely different than what it would have been. Well, it's also like a, it's a very, you, it's a very cool credibility yeah. that you have. Like, yeah. Because those two shows were like, oh yeah, those things are both like a little bit grittier and like a little bit like uh, punk. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And, and so because of that and because I had like put my head down and gone and made some more shorts and hustled, hustled, hustled you know, just like, and then after doing Sunny, that opened the door to do all sorts of cool stuff. I mean, I look at the last few years. I mean, I really do look at the last five years, and it's like, I can't believe it. Right. I was an actor and an acting teacher who did commercials and the occasional pilot or a guest star into my early 30s. Right. And, you know, I get It's Always Sunny, and then, you know, I find myself directing Shameless. Mm-hmm. Or I get to direct Billy Crystal on his show, yeah. you know, or Marin, or you know, just all these experience, and then get to go work on my favorite network things, the Goldbergs, New mm-hmm. Girl. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's there's been shows I've done that have come and gone, but I still love them, and so, and then the the movie happening was just shocking, um, but I honestly do believe. <laughs> All of these failures, I couldn't have gotten a movie if I had not had these failures. And by the way, we'll see if we do a second one of these, how the movie does and what that leads yeah. to. But uh, also, like, that's interesting, like, even just to, uh, like, quantify it as a failure. Yeah. Because it's just, like, it feels like you just, like, continually in your career, like, kept on, like, restarting it. Like, you're like, okay, I did this one thing, but I kind of, this is kind of the other thing, the other itch yeah. I want to scratch. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an exercise in pivots. Yeah. Because I remember moving out here and classmates of mine saying, like, how much time are you going to give yourself? Right. That was a big, like, at 22 thing that people said. Why set those limitations? I well, guess. I just remember yeah. thinking, I'm going to win and you're going to lose. I, I, I'm not because I, I'm you're saying more talented. I'm like... Oh, there is there. Then you're then you're done. Yeah, you've already got a foot out. Yeah, like this was like a suicide mission for me. I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. And when when stand up didn't work out in terms of me actually like blowing up as a comedian, I was like good enough to to be in the clubs, but not Dave Chappelle good or Chelsea Handler good. Sure. Or um, I was like, okay, I'm really gonna focus on acting, and that led to me teaching acting. It's it was just. Pivot, 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 as opposed to saying, "Oh, well, that didn't happen. I'm done." Right. I just was like, and I was, I was pretty set to be an acting teacher who sometimes worked as an actor, and I was pretty like, "All right, I'm okay with that." Yeah, it's a good life. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember uh, early on my like very first. I don't know how this became like such like a a biztainment chat, but I like it. Uh, uh, my first manager told me like in terms of thinking about a career, and I guess this is just applicable to like anything in life, but like think about like a stovetop. And, like, you can't just have, like, one pot and just be staring at that waiting for it to boil. Like, you need to have, like, right. every, things on every burner. Because you, like, and you have to tend to all of them because you never know which one's going to, like, burn over. Yeah. Um, I think that's interesting. I, the, I, I approach it that way. The, the problem is, every once in a while, I'm sure you have this in your life, too. Someone I know who is doing one thing mm-hmm. and crushes it. Yeah. And, like, all their attention, which is put on this one thing, you know... Zach Braff, mm-hmm. my buddy from college, the guy I went to New York with when I got my internship at Conan O'Brien, this motherfucker gets two Sundance films, mm-hmm. then gets his first sitcom pilot, Scrubs, writes a movie, says he's going to star and direct in it, and makes Garden State, mm-hmm. and just makes it look effortless. You know, he's just really fucking talented. He yeah. just really got all of those things because he was good. I, I was like, that didn't happen for me. Yeah. You know, I did a bunch of failed pilots. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tested for things, then they laughed me out of the room. Like, nah, he's not even close, you know, to this. I remember I tested for a pilot, and it was me against Kyle Chandler. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, let's, let's think about this. No, you guys are a similar type. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're not in the same business. I can totally see you in Manchester by the same Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, 
he may as well have been Chewbacca. Yeah. Like we're not the like. You're I going remember, up against a bulldog. Yeah, I remember yeah. being like, oh, I'm not even like in the game of the like. I'm the ringer. Like yeah. I don't even have a shot at this role. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that was so humiliating. That one. Um, failures. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, do you think? I, do you, I, you think of? All these things, or is it just because we're talking about this, or do you have you thought about these things as failures, or that they're just more just like okay, so that didn't work. Now I keep on to the next. No, thing. at the time, I mean, they really hurt. Yeah, all every one of the things we've talked about, like were like like that soccer ball in my gut. Yeah, I mean, they really were. Would I mean, you, hearing my agent say it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, um, getting a deal at Fox after making a short film and thinking I'm done at, at commercial auditions mm-hmm. and writing a pilot and splitting that pilot money with my partner and then taxes and realizing I barely have enough money for the for the year and they didn't pick it up and I'm right back to auditioning for commercials. Right. I mean, these were definitely moments of like, this is never going to happen for me. Would you allow yourself to like wallow or like sit and lick your wounds for like a day or two is like that's something that's cathartic for you like okay I'm gonna take a minute just to fucking you know clear out the pipes that's a great question I don't know about you I think over time it's changed a little bit because I think like like those gut punches hurt so much the first handful of times Mm -hmm. and it's not that I'm like um numb to it but I almost you know I, I had a deal at NBC this year I wrote a pilot with my friends and mm-hmm. they I remember the call you know we were kind of in the running and we got a call and it's not going forward and I was like okay yeah like uh, I'm just used to uh, my assumption now is that nine out of ten times it's a for sure no whatever it is 100% so I think the need to lick my wounds his his changed with my expectation of what like a win is right and like to me a win now is that I'm working mm-hmm. a win is that I'm working on something I like God forbid it's with a bunch of people I like mm-hmm. you know there's a show I'm doing right now I've never done a multicam I went and worked on this show at Netflix that Chuck Lorre's doing with Kathy Bates this, mm-hmm. this the high the pop this, one yeah, we, yeah. We'd, I loved it so much I'm gonna go back and do they just invited me back to do a bunch and I'm like I can't wait it, I can't believe I'm having fun. I like the people. Yeah. You know, so uh, I just think, uh, yes, I, 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 it still hits me. Like, when I thought I didn't get the movie after, like, chasing it for months, I was just like, God damn it. God yeah. fucking damn it. This was my shot. This is the one movie I went after. I went after with such gusto. I'm getting older. If I don't make a movie soon, no one's ever going to give me a movie. Who, right. Who gives a movie to a guy who's been around forever and never made one? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, do you feel like do you have do you feel like that like that ticking clock a little bit? And it's I like did. as like fucking straight white guys, it's like a, a silly question a little bit, but it's still just like an, a, a question of mortality and like how long yeah. are you relevant? And I, I do think about that, yeah. and I never did until the last few years. But I'm like, you know, I do feel like on a on like a on a TV show, I'm often like peer to the writers and the actors, and I think I'm kind of like, you know, younger and more energetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, these are like my LeBron years. These are my yeah. Jordan years. I I, I got to earn in this next decade. Yeah. And I did think if I don't do a pilot soon, and if I don't do a movie soon, I probably won't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm supposed to do Tracy Morgan's pilot and series and produce and directed for FX before his accident, and then this small project was brought to me that everyone said I shouldn't do. It was a bunch of unknown actresses and it was on a network that, you know, was considered not, you know, premium. Mm-hmm. And But I was like, I know what to do with this. I love this. And right. it ended up being this pilot, Teachers, that's going yeah. to its second season. So I finally was like, okay, I got a pilot. Right. You know, it's a small pilot at a small place, but Still, I got one. That's a thing. But yeah, I did think, you know, you know, I think doing the movie mellowed me out a lot because it was a goal of mine I, it's a, I mean this sincerely if I never get to make another movie I can't believe I got to do it there's a right. billboard on Sunset Boulevard yeah. of Ice Cube looking at Charlie Day you know and Tracy Morgan's in the middle screaming and I'm like that's my movie yeah. I don't know if anyone's gonna like it or see it 
but that is a feather in my cap and I can sort of just as a dude who's been trying to make this happen for a long time say alright I did it Right. so no one can take that away from me and you know I'm cool kind of what with what happens next but it doesn't mean like I mean those reviews are going to hurt sure you know well, <laughs> they're going like, to be I rough mean, what you like when you tried to pitch it for four months and yeah. then you what pre-production for another six to eight months yeah. and then you shoot and then you post so you like invested like three years of your life in this two, thing two right? yeah, yeah two yeah but that's, a, that's not nothing no it's not nothing um, so uh, uh, but I guess wrapping around to the original question I do give myself time to breathe it out mm-hmm. um, I started meditating four years ago there you go um, that's a good tool I'm a big fan of red wine. Sure. I'm a big fan of my future wife. Uh, I try and just go to the things that aren't going to really hurt me that feel good. Right. And then, yeah, you know, fucking get back up. And get back up, man. Keep going. What is your advice for somebody? Because, you know, I think there's a perception for anybody who doesn't do this shit that uh, outside of like what Richie Valens like how many like overnight sensations were there like that's usually the 10 year overnight sensation mm-hmm. but like how what advice do you have for like uh, somebody who I don't know who's in your position or was in your yeah. who is in your position that used to be you know like in terms of like I don't want to do something and I'm not sure what it right. is well look I think I learned this in stand up you know point of view is really important you know like if you're a writer don't just try and write something to get it sold or, you know, like if you love the Goldbergs, Mm -hmm. write a show about a family. You know, if you love, you know, if you love comic books, like write a sample about that. If you're a director, you know, and you want to do comedy, I mean, that's easy. Like go, I mean, go make a little, make a bunch of comedy shorts, you know? Um, So my advice would be a, to just, do those things do and it. stumble and fall mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll never forget the first writing sample I did was news radio I thought it was an amazing sample I wrote it just out of Northwestern <laughs> that's also I think that's like also a, like a, a fantastic thing about it it allows you to go and fucking try out against the galaxy oh yeah just the fact that you're like I wrote something and I think it's fucking oh, amazing I thought this should be an episode for sure yeah and I gave it there was a writer who had come out of Northwestern this guy Perry Rain, who was such a good friend to me, because he a uh, I I contacted this guy just because he was an alumni of Northwestern and he was a successful writer at the time. I think he was on Friends, and he read it and he we sat down. Uh, my partner Sam and I at the time sat down with him and he said, it, "It's really good. Do not give it out. Don't give it out." You know, um, it's, this isn't the one. Like, mm-hmm. I can see you know what you're doing, and you're writing, and the voices are good, and you, you've cobbled together the right kind of story. But, like, your sample needs to be something. And he said, This is going to take me, you know, 30 seconds to say, and it's going to take you 30 weeks to figure out. But, right. like, it's going to be the sample has to be something people haven't read before. I've seen that story. Right. I saw it, you know, on this show, and on this show, and this show. It's the same story you got to come up with a story in your thing, you know, or you got to write something that no one's, and I remember people saying this when I made Hooked, and I was like, I'm not that guy. Right. I don't think I'm that original enough. Um, I think I've become m- more that guy. It's a muscle, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think you have to give yourself permission to write things or shoot things or take jobs that don't go anywhere. I had internships and jobs. I mean, I was selling tickets at the comedy store. I was interning for the producer of like Forrest Gump and Devil Wears Prada. I interned for a casting director and I, and, and I was like, like I interned all these hours for this casting director. It led to nothing. Right. So you got it, but, 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 but did it, you learn shit while you were yeah, there? Yeah, I'm sure I learned a different, a different perspective. Yeah. Right? And it, but, but you have to know like, it, you know, for every one of those funny or die shorts I made, I made four or five other ones that no one cares right. about. Right. Um, so I, and I also just think sort of in the, Darth Vader or James Earl Jones um, thing he said to, to our class like I do believe surrounding yourself you know with people that are ideally better than you mm-hmm. is going to push you and you know like I look at like you and Dan and I and I'm like this is crazy this is so cool we all yeah. just did the Goldbergs together yeah. 
like is it is it been 10 years maybe not quite 10 years i, I think maybe almost nine 10 years. it's like but just like 10, yeah it's 10 just in like, like july or something yeah it's like yeah. wow like you know you surround yourself with people who want to also work hard who want to also be good and everyone's on their own path but you know those relationships are are great and rewarding um and I, I, the last thing I would just say is in terms of like advice is I just knew long ago that there were way more talented people than me, Mm -hmm. but I just was like, as you can hear, I was just like, I'm an odd hustle as many of them as I can, because I'm not going to make Garden State my first time out. You know, I'm whatever people want to say about that movie. That guy never made a movie and he had like a little bit of money and he got Natalie Portman and he made this fucking amazing movie with like the best soundtrack like a decade. Yeah, he made like soundtracks again. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I think those would be my, my best pieces of advice. Well, it feels like, I I don't know if this was the intention, but like the, the story with auditioning for the, you know, the soccer movie is like a apt metaphor for your career. Like, totally. fuck, you may get, you're going to get hit in the stomach, but like still take that shot at the goal. It may miss by a yeah, ton. People get, may laugh at you, totally. but like you did it. But, but, and then the weird thing is, and this is so easy to say now at this point in my life and my career, but like, I do look back on it fondly. Like, I remember someone saying that, isn't that to me Isn't once. that fascinating, right? You can like wax nostalgic about yes. these things that felt terrible at the time. It's like a relationship where your heart was broken and it was mm-hmm. just pulled out and, you know stomped on and then you you look back and you're like god like that was so i was so young and i was so passionate and you know and 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 was i really that in love with that girl you know was that really worth it all it just felt really but um now i do look back now and weirdly you know i think just like life has sort of smoothed out the edges a little bit and you sort of look back on those horror stories of, of your career and of your life and you just think like kind of crazy but I wouldn't be here right yeah. now doing exactly what I'm doing and I also think for all the people who who did stop pursuing it I was so jealous of them I was sure, like that's interesting oh my god good for you yeah good for you for going and taking that great job and marrying that great woman and living in that great neighborhood with that yeah. great school and you know, like it makes. I think that's great. I don't think anyone should like look at leaving if it doesn't work for them. You know, I, the thing I used to say as an acting teacher, I make everyone go around the room and say, "What do you want in your career?" Right. Some people, oh, I want to be in a sitcom. You know, I want to do indie movies. I want to, whatever it was, and I would say, you know, what are you willing to give up? Because you probably can get. Aside from saying like I want to be a movie star, you're probably going to get a shot. You'll probably get if you really, really work hard and really, really stick around, but are you willing to lose that relationship with the person who doesn't want to deal with your bullshit when you're like going and doing stand up at midnight every night or do some bullshit job for 10 years that you hate in order to service this other location. Yeah. So that's the other thing that, you know, and everyone has to ask themselves that question is it it just isn't going to happen overnight. And I don't care aside from the random example here, there where it does, it really is a decade of work. You know, in yeah. my case, I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. I just made years. my first movie. That's, you know? That feels like, I mean, yes, there's a ton of people who just knock it out of the park, right? But yeah. that feels like, that's what that feels right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I had Putting been an actor out. first, maybe that would have knocked off a decade. But like, I, whatever, that was my road. And I don't yeah. think I'd be the director I'd be if I hadn't been an acting coach. I don't think I would have been a good acting coach if I hadn't been an actor. Yeah. So... You just have to decide to take that long marathon approach to it and know that enjoy the wins and just with the with the losses and the failures you just say this is this is this is a ninety five percent ninety eight percent failure business and yeah you know you're just a part of that yeah man I mean I think if you're uh, if you don't go in those valleys those peaks are you don't appreciate them yeah. so there's just stasis. Yeah. You need that shit. Makes you better. Makes you wiser. Yeah. Did stronger. I tell any good failure? Did I did I accomplish with the goal of the show? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like sometimes, sometimes we've. I feel like this is like a more Hollywood based thing than uh-huh. we usually do. But like I like that because I think that's a lot of people. Got it. And also, it's interesting to me. Like sometimes it's it runs the gamut. Some right. people talk about like, oh yeah, I, I lost a sister. Right. Got <laughs> and it. And sometimes it. it's like this. Got it. So, but I like it. Um, well, thanks, man. Everybody should definitely go see Fist Fight, right? 
Yes, and thank you for the donuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This is also so... got a donut friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those yes. are the two things to take out of here. Pick yourself up after you miss the goal. I need some eat fucking donuts. donuts. And it'll be fine. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. That was fun. That was a very chill conversation. I see evidence of you and him that's scattered all around you. That's why I'm thinking about taking a walk outside I close my eyes and make my love appear Out of thin air Or maybe I'll turn a corner and go spinning You'll be standing there But you're unaware of how much I care You don't know how much I care for you This world